0: Before we get going, I just want to take a moment to remember Lee Delwig, who started seeing the band in the 60s and was a fan right through the end. Rest in peace, Lee. Welcome to Guess the Year. I'm the host. My name's Mike. This week, we're playing a team format. Here's how the game works. I play a song for a team of three comprised of returning Guess the Year contestants. After the song concludes, the team will discuss and ultimately submit a single guess of the live track's year. However many years off they are is their team's score for that round. If they nail the year exactly, they get zero points. If they're one year off, they get one point, and so on. After five songs, however many years off they are in total is their team's score for the game. On last week's episode, Kyle, Jared, and Joseph got six points. That's the score to beat for this week's team. Whichever team has the lower score wins a prize pack of Guess the Year shirts. Unlike the main tournament, where the winner stays on, these are one-off matches. We'll meet the Deadheads in a moment, but first, without further ado, The Grateful Dead. All right. We've got Riley, who was a finalist in episode four. She's 18 from LA. Luke, who won episodes four through seven. He's 31 from Elliott, Maine. And Caleb, back with us, who won the first ever episode of Guests of the Year. He's 29 from St. Louis. First thoughts, we'll kick to King Luke over here. Um, yeah, what are, what are you thinking?
1: The first Grateful Dead song I listened to today when I was preparing for this to get my brain in the the zone, the Jerry Zone, was a weather report suite from 1974. On um, the Seattle one, I, I'm, I, you know, I wrote down 73 and 74. I'm leaning towards it being a 73 one, but um, I love love the song pick. It sounded great. Sometimes I have a hard time, you know, between those two years, like wall of sound years, and the the uh, those phase canceling microphones, so they have that sort of clippy, uh, sound. Um, but my first thoughts, maybe it's 73 personally
0: great and again uh, just to remind everyone the number to beat is six riley where do you fall in on this
2: no i think uh, it definitely could be i think i might have gotten kind of like a 76 kind of vibe i just think it was sort of um i think the drumming was felt and that kind of like fast-paced energetic uh, kind of antsy feeling, I think was sort of in line with 76, 77. But I think it easily could be, yeah, it could be 73, 74, yeah.
3: Caleb, tiebreak here. Um, I was here in 91. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, think, um, I think it was distinctly one drummer dead. I think it was just Bill. I would lean... 73, 74 as well, and the only thing I kind of hear, I I hear that 73 frenetic energy as well, Um, but the only thing that leads me to think 74 is Phil was so loud. (laughs) There were like some distinct Phil bombs in that, uh, which happened all throughout their career, but 74 especially with that wall of sound it was just otherworldly so i would lean 73 74. uh i would i would lean slightly towards 74.
1: kind of feeling that too
3: right, sure.
1: and it's more in the direction of 76 as well
3: yeah i agree yeah that 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 energy that riley was talking about um they picked that up and put it down several times
1: yeah.
2: All right. Sure. 74 seems like a good guess.
1: So we all agree. No hard objections. For me, it was right down the middle of 73, 74. I was looking maybe for somebody to help guide, you know, to one, you know, which one of those it is because they can sound pretty similar, you know, especially with a Bobby singing song.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, it
0: was "Let It Grow" at the Selland Arena in Fresno, California, on July seventeenth, nineteen seventy-four. Let's go! Great job! Great teamwork there. So, tell us more about those fill bombs. Now that we—that was what we heard there, Caleb.
3: Yeah, I mean, of course that happened all throughout. I think, yeah, when you talk seventy-four, you're thinking Wall of Sound. You know, I don't know which documentary it is. If it was the Long Strange Trip or something else, but. Somebody said you could hear the music perfectly, crisply clear up to a mile away from the wall of sound. Now, that may just be hippie lore, but, uh, you know, you got to think something like that factors into it.
0: For sure. Well, you guys have zero points, which is a good place to be. So you have four more songs and six points to play with. I guess we'll go into the second song.
4: Oh while at the time, catch up for a flower flow Walking jingle in the midnight sun. But don't bother the silver come on her like a crane The quilt slug out to a dream and not near. Cheshit like a diamond Ijax A leaf of all colors blaze golden String fit up to a double Keep waterfall over my back
0: okay um let's go to our uh first champ ever caleb what are your feelings there
3: i was having to really closely listen to that one <laughs> when it's in that era you know you know we're looking at late 80s into the 90s with jerry's voice and just the big sound of the stadiums and arenas uh drums sound like absolute shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh I was listening mostly to the piano, trying to decipher if it was like a Bruce uh, Bruce Vince situation, if it was a Brent situation, what was going on. So um, my gut, just throw out there, would be ninety Brents last year. I think it was Brent, um, but I'd, I'd love my colleagues to uh, to weigh in on it.
0: Riley, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree with ninety. I think it's also a a good way to hedge your bet in case it's uh, either Bruce and Vince or uh, or Brent because it there's two halves of, uh, of ninety. He died in I think July, so you it could be either you know it could be either the first half or the second half. But it did sound more Brent to me, and yeah, and that's that kind of bouncy piano sound. Yeah, the that late eighties uh, arena drum sound. Uh, Jerry's voice just awful. So, I would say like 89 91. So, I would say the the good bet would be 90.
0: King Luke, how do you feel about it?
1: I wrote down 1990 um, and I and I hope it is because uh personally it's my most listened to year of the Dead. It's my favorite era of the Dead. Uh, I love late 80s, early 90s Dead. Um and it had that vibe and I I really was having trouble like if it was vince and bruce or brent it, it, you know it wasn't like that um like signature of a brent thing so that's where i was having a little trouble myself but it, i do feel like it's a brent era show later one maybe even summer 90 and uh yeah i don't also like to guess 90
3: the only thing that that pulled me from guessing 90 is that Jerry's voice sounded pretty bad and he sounds good in 90. Most of the time he sounds good in 90 sounds. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds pretty good in 91 too. It's not really until totally Totally. after 91 that he really starts like being tough to listen to. And this one, he was like
1: those random shows though. That's you true, know, Mike's yeah. gotten me specifically on the show before, where he picks that one show during a, an era where Jerry's voice usually sounds good. It's just a one bad night. And an off so night, it could be one of those too. But yeah, that's a great point yeah. you brought up. Absolutely, not, I agree not a
3: reason that. to. I think I think all three of our guts are feeling ninety. No reason to pull us away, but just something worth noting is definitely seems like a rough uh, Jerry vocal night.
1: Okay. Great point. I just can't think of a better year than 90, you know, but yeah, it's like, but that, yeah, that does make me want to pull back a little bit too. Like, is it, you know, 88 or something, you know, I don't. Yeah.
3: Is it a random 93? Was that Vince that we were listening to? Yeah,
1: (laughs) exactly. Just Vince. Just Vince. I feel maybe if it was like a 93 China Cat with just Vince, it would be like a more like tropical sounding, like midi, like synth tone, like something so, like Cindy. more cartoony. Yeah. Like,
3: you I mean, know, something straight, sci-fi sounding. That was straight
1: sounding. piano, that was straight piano yeah, for like sure. Like a reverbed piano, which is very Brent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think
3: uh, I think 90
1: is the is the way to go.
3: I agree,
0: yeah. Okay. That's official. No <laughs> objections.
3: Okay. No objections.
0: It was China Cat Sunflower at Shoreline Amphitheater in Mountain View, California, on October second,
1: nineteen eighty-seven. Oh! Wow! Oh, crust us. Thanks. Oh man! It, oh no! Caleb, with the great point, could have. Oh man. Um, yeah.
0: knowing that now, Riley, what do you think? Uh, what do you think you met, You guys misheard.
2: I mean, yeah, I think eighty-seven. His voice is still not. Quite at the peak that it would be around 88, 89. And it does sound like a Brent piano, even though it could be Vince too. So I think it easily could be 87, but it also could be, it also sounded like it could be 93. You know, I think there was a range. I think we were going for the middle of that range, but it, I think any time after, I think any time after maybe 86, it could be, it could be any time from maybe 86 to. Ninety-five. Technically, so <laughs> I, I I think I, I'm glad that it wasn't worse.
3: Yeah, we we caught Jerry on the ascent into finding his voice again. Yeah, makes perfect yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah,
0: didn't he flub a lyric there? Did that influence you guys at all?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> that could have been between
3: sixty-five and ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry yeah. fucking up the lyrics. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, but but you're you're right with that point. I, I think in in that era he got a little bit more mumbly than than he had ever been. Sometimes would go like entire verses just not being able to find it. <laughs> um but I did not catch that. I, I think I was trying to figure out what the piano sound was too intently. Same. Yeah.
0: Well, before we we'll move on, I wanna like catch up with you or see what everyone's been doing one person at a time here and Riley. Um Last time we spoke to you was like in November or something and you had trend, you'd been listening to Grateful Dead for a year and you had transitioned from Jimmy
2: Buffett. <laughs> yes.
0: What is going on in your music listening life now?
2: Uh, well, let's see, since then, I um, actually have uh, a show on my college radio station. So I've, I've been, I keep trying to get into new music all the time. So I don't just play the same stuff but I play a lot of dead. Um, I've been getting into more uh, like Americana type stuff, uh, getting into um, John Hyatt. I like a lot. Uh, Pete Yorn, uh, John Prine, try to, I try keep trying to branch out, you know, if, as if it, I don't just want to play the same stuff, but I play a lot of dead. Um, and I, that's, they're, they're the, one of the stalwarts.
0: How big is your slot?
2: Uh, three hours once a week.
4: Whoa! Yeah,
2: that's awesome. I, I, it's uh, if I can plug it, it's called uh, uh, WCNI, WCNI New London, Connecticut. My show is called Pirate Radio. Uh, Mondays, three to six p.m.
1: So that's
0: people can listen online.
2: You can listen online on WCNI <laughs>
0: Do you have any like legal limitations on what you can play, Deadwise or otherwise?
2: Uh, well, you can't play like you know like vulgar music pretty much. <laughs> the dead isn't really a big offender, so but I other than that, it's totally free form, so anyone can play whatever they want, really, so long as it's not you know super vulgar or obscene or you know deeply offensive in some way. So every show is every show is different. you know, the person next to me could be. You know, hardcore punk or you know, smooth jazz or seventeen hundreds, Baroque, classical. It's totally free form. It's really it's a really cool thing.
0: What's the longest dead song you've hit people with? Mm-hmm.
2: I try to keep it pretty tame because it's not a dead show.
4: <laughs>
2: I think I've done like a twelve minute. I actually no, I'm lying to you. I've done Terrapin, I've done Studio Terrapin, so which I think is the best. Nice. That's sixteen, seventeen minutes. But
3: that's just straight prog. Yeah, yeah.
2: but I think I think it works. <laughs> but you know, I try to play, uh, you know, brown-eyed women and you know, Jack Straw and stuff that you know could maybe fit into more traditional classic rock. You know, uh, you know AOR format, oriented rock format. But I, I've gone a little, gone a little bit down the deep end.
0: Cool. All right, you guys have three songs left and three points to play with. So three to tie, two to win.
3: I think we're gonna hit them all right on the head, personally. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, put, it, put it out there. Love
0: it. All right, Caleb has called his shot. And uh, let's play this song. Uh
4: Lock me up in the mud.
0: what are you thinking riley
2: i'm thinking like 69 i think that op- uh, that first that opening guitar like kind of hard rock guitar sound is very much like reminds me of like a like a viola lee blues or uh or the 11 saint stephen kind of sound uh same thing with that organ sound it's also like a like, very strong on those those 69, you know, maybe 68 songs. It reminded me a lot of, like, the Live Dead sound. Um, and then that kind of jazzy kind of, it's not as slow and somber as that song would get later on. And, like, as the band went more Americana, you know, 70, 71, 72. So I, I think of it as, in their prog, you know, psychedelic rock years more so where they're a little harder, you have more of that, that high organ sound. Uh, I, yeah, I would say, I would say 69.
0: Luke, how are you feeling?
1: Okay. So I have a couple questions to raise here. You know, is TC, (laughs) is TC there? Is TC not there? And that's just pig doing the thing. If TC's there, then, you know, maybe it's definitely a, a 69. Cause I mean, it's either 69 or 68. The only reason why I thought maybe it could be 68 is Jerry's doing that kind of vibrato-y vocal tremor thing that he does on the first Grateful Dead record you know came out in 67. Kind of like an earlier Jerry that sort of folky like vibrato-y thing. Which that, that's kind of what made me think 68, but 69 also it like that's also what I thought as well. So I'm 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 torn between the two years. I also thought the last one was ninety, and it was eighty-seven. So I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I really don't know.
0: Caleb, how do you feel about all this?
3: Can we play back to hear if uh, <laughs> TC is absolutely miserable? Uh, can we hear his misery coming through and how much he hated being in the band? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been said. I would maybe lean more towards sixty-eight just to hedge a little bit because i think in 69 the the style was transforming a little bit more you might not have had that vibrato voice jerry but yeah it's really i mean it's really splitting hairs at this point (laughs) to get to get to the right thing um i i can't you know one way or the other 68 69 i think we're we're stuck between the two. I think they played it in 67 like a handful of times, but that's a, I yeah, think it's, yeah, yeah,
1: I don't think it's probably it's that early, that, yeah. No, I was thinking, if anything, it's a like a later 68, too, you know, yeah, like late 68, early 69. It's yeah, but I got, I don't want to pick the year, I don't want to be, I don't want to be <laughs> the one to do it.
3: <laughs> Points are so precious. I, I think we go with 69. Seems like the safe bet. Totally legit. I, I, totally I think legit. we've been thrown enough that yep, we should we should go a little off the beaten path and just do it. Sounds good to me.
0: Riley, feel good about it.
2: I feel good about it. Yeah.
0: And Luke's in. Caleb's in. Okay. It was morning dew at the Shrine Auditorium in L.A. on November tenth, nineteen sixty-seven.
1: <laughs> that is some early Jerry vocals. I got to go.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no. Uh, they sound a little bit ahead of their their years in that particular one you chose. Um and uh yeah, that's early Jerry singing. It's like it's folk Jerry to me. It's jug band Jerry. It's like him listening to like I don't know, Appalachian or like like uh, mm-hmm. Irish, like folk albums, and like you know, singing with his banjo type of voice, that vibrato thing he was doing then. I thought maybe it would be a little more primal sounding if it were to be sixty-seven. That's kind of why I'm saying I think it's a little bit like a year or two ahead in in that particular recording. They're really on in that one, but uh, yeah, sixty-seven, nice, nice pick.
3: Did you say November tenth, Mike? Uh, yeah. So this is uh, this is two from the vault, which I've
1: listened to two from the vault, the blue one,
3: seven thousand yeah. billion million times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: um, Luke, um, you captured the hearts and minds of the guest of the year world when you went on your uh, four show tear. What have you been up to since then?
1: Um, have you had to hire security at all? Just chilling, you know, just. Working and living up here in Maine and uh, just getting through the winter, you know, snows a lot. And uh, I've been listening to a lot of King Gizzard. Oh, Went to, went to a, the fish run at MSG. That was really fun.
0: Um, What itch does King Gizz uh, scratch?
1: So for a while, I kind of just pinned him to be like another neo-psych, like modern neo-psychedelic band. Like, you know, there's a lot of them. And I'm not saying that isn't cool. Like, there's a lot of cool bands that do that. I've played in bands that do that. But um, I just kind of thought they were like another run-of-the-mill, like OC sort of copy. And then I realized, you know, they got like metal songs, and they got like electronic songs. And then I started to realize, oh, this is cool. They're just sh- sh- like genre bending, and they can dip into any genre. I'm a huge Fish fan, and it reminds me a lot of early Fish in a way, how they're just like going into these different genres in any given show, but it always sounds like them at the same time. And I think that's really cool for a band to accomplish that. You know, a lot of bands feel like they have to stay in one thing. And I feel like that's a truly psychedelic way to be as a band if you're just going to play whatever you're feeling. And they're jamming a lot now, too, which is why they're becoming more and more worth to see. They're, each show really is unique in a way like The Dead or Fish or any of those types of bands would be doing. But they're not really like a jam band. You know, they're not coming from that world.
3: Saw somebody on Twitter today refer to King Giz as Evil Fish. <laughs> uh which I thought was absolutely it's like it's like fish if all the love and light left their eyes. That's just like we're gonna play like some doomy evil shit. Yeah. yeah.
2: 30 albums and they've been around for like what four years? They do like five albums <laughs> a year. Each yeah, album is, is totally different. It's insane how they like this is like like 1962 Beatles, how productive they are.
1: And they're like letting people, you know, tape and bootleg their shows. They're also doing a thing where they're like letting any label, any small indie label, even if you just wanted to spend the money on it, you can just release any of their live albums. And then they like make it like an unofficial official release. So that's kind of a unique thing they're doing. That's different uh, than a lot of like new bands. It's kind of like the dead or fish thing, but like, it's a more modern like way of doing it. So there's just all these random vinyl and cassette releases of, Ton, dozens and dozens of different shows it's it's because it's like it's becoming its whole like little universe you know type of thing it's cool
0: does king Giz get a cut of that or is it truly just like
1: they just ask for some of the records it, i think it's for them it's kind of similar to the the dead allowing people to just distribute their their tapes for free you know it's helping get the word out in growing the like lore of it more you know i'm a sucker for for any band that can do that sort of thing so that's why I started to be like, I need to pay attention and start listening to them and stop, you know, ignoring it. People telling me to listen to them.
0: <laughs> cool. Luke, just just being king up in Maine. Love it. Um, you guys have five points. So you need to either get one on the neck. You need to nail the next two to win or you need to get one to tie. And if you Ooh. guys tie, then you guys all get shirts. Guest of the year prize packs.
3: Whoa, generous host. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you guys are very much in this. Um, All right, let's play the song.
4: Lay down, my dear brother. Lay down and take your rest. Won't you lay your hands upon your savior's breast? I love you, but Jesus loves you the best. And I bid you good night, good night, good night. night. And I bid you good night, good night, good night. And I bid you good night, good night, good night. Lay down, my dear brothers, lay down and take your rest. I want you to lay your head upon your Savior's breast. I love you, but Jesus loves you the best. And I bid you a good night, good night, good night. Good night. And the pitcher good night, a good night, a good night, good, night, good night. Walking in Jerusalem, Elite, just like a good night, the night. Now. a pitcher good night, a pitcher good night. I wouldn't remember right well, I remember right good night, a picture, good night, a pitcher good night. Roddle steps should comfort me good night, a pitcher good night, a pitcher good.
1: Seventy. I mean, I was gonna say seventy, seventy-one. Harper College vibes, very Harper College vibes. That's what I was
3: thinking, Binghamton, uh, whatever that Dix Picks Eight is. Yeah. Although I think the new writers of the Purple Sage maybe join them on that one, but I can't be sure.
2: Yeah, it's we don't get any instrumentation. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it does sound. Yeah, I mean they did a lot of We Bid You Good Nights in seventy seventy one. It just wasn't performed that much after that period. I mean, a few times in the 80s, and but it was mostly concentrated in the early 70s. And, you know, Jerry's voice, and also I know this is a stretch, but I know that Harper College, Dick's Picks is one of the few and We Bid You Good Nights that is like a minute long or more than that. Most of them are like, 20 or 30 seconds yeah that's the one recording where they ex- it's it's extended
3: that's a good point and also what I was listening to was the crowd right not to say that crowd noise could really be deciphered from show to show I don't think we're at that point yet although I the think type of room year, size. yeah <laughs> taking the room tone but I do yeah. I do think you could hear the size of the room in that and it, it aligns with, with uh, those like 70 shows.
1: Totally legit point. I like that. Um, Yeah. I mean, they did play, you know, they did continue to play that song, but I think Donna, once she's in the band, I, I believe she sings that with them. So she's not singing that one with them. So
4: yeah.
1: 70 is, you know, a good one. It could randomly be 71. It's definitely not a 69 like live dead one. Cause yeah. I, I don't know if they do all that extra you know yeah to
3: riley's to riley's point that that was a a pretty long one and i think the early ones were pretty short
1: yes exactly what riley said yeah good call good call Riley. definitely 70 feels good everybody i'm down with it
0: all right we bid you good night at harper college in binghamton new york on may 2nd 1970
1: (laughs) great job Pulled it great job
0: guys (laughs) That was right. impressive. I love that. That was a great uh, team effort there. You know, um, uh, I mean, obviously, great pull there, Caleb. And then Riley with that observation about that it was longer than 30 seconds. That was fucking huge. So, Caleb, you knew that from the outset? or like, hmm, sounds like the the Binghamton show.
3: I just, that's one of those ones, like, I, I got upset with the last one because it was two from the vault, which I've heard so many times. Harper College, I've heard m- more. <laughs> uh, so I think that one might be like deeply ingrained in my brain but you know hey any team can guess the year but only a few select people can guess the year based on a 50 second long acapella performance by three <laughs> guys in 1970
2: I wish they did it more often it's just a sweet way to, to end a show
3: I agree Okay. Uh,
0: Before we move on, Caleb, I want to know what you've been up to. And also you were on the first episode of Guest of the Year. So I'm wondering when you saw that first Reddit post I made wanting people to come on the show, what were you thinking? Yeah. And what'd you think the whole process there of coming on a podcast that didn't yet exist?
3: I read the Reddit post and thought, cool this will i'll be on this and it'll go for 3 episodes and then it, it, nobody will ever hear f- from it again
4: <laughs> so you i was like no up, no
3: real like risk no commitment truthfully um you've uh definitely outpaced uh what i what i had expected um but yeah i i'm i was trolling the uh the reddit uh threads and saw somebody that said need somebody for a podcast and i was like yeah i'll I'll go on there and listen to myself talk for however long.
0: Well, thank God you did. <laughs> uh, and what have you been up to musically, Caleb, or otherwise?
3: Similarly to Riley, I'm trying to listen to more new music. Um, so I have a Spotify playlist I've been curating. I've been kind of slacking on it the last couple of weeks. But if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Levon Helm Fan Club, uh, like the drummer from the band. Von Helm fan club. Yeah, every week I put out some music that I heard from the week prior that I think people will like and it's forcing me to listen to uh contemporary music that I that I maybe wouldn't listen to typically. Dirk's Bentley has a has a new album uh, that came out this month that I really enjoy. I the playlist going. I'm always growing my record collection although I'm at a point now where I'm out of physical space. Just like cabinet wise, like I'm not I don't have stacks like uh, living among me. Um, but so I've kind of cooled down a little bit on buying so many records, but there's always another grail to chase, you know,
0: so are you at the point where you have to eliminate records?
3: every couple of months or so, I'll go through and pull out some things that I haven't that I listened to, and you know, was like, eh, this was okay. I'll go trade them at a record store. What I really, I I did for a time about a year ago, I need to start doing again, maybe once the summer. um, Heats up, pun intended, uh, is start selling a little bit more, going to local record shows and selling. You know, we've got, every city has theirs, but St. Louis has one every, you know, quarter or so. A local record show set up in the the Czechoslovakian Hall (laughs) on... uh, on King's highway in St. Louis, just a, you know, a cultural center and uh, in the gymnasium, they they set up a bunch of tables and you could sell records. So that's what I've been doing too.
0: That sounds fun just to do anyways, even if you don't need to make space.
3: It is fun. Make a little bit of money, talk to some, some weirdos. Um, usually the problem with that is I'll make some money on selling stuff and then I'll go to the other vendors <laughs> and be like, Oh, you have this, I have to have this, and then just spend all the money I just made. (laughs) Cool,
0: Caleb. It's great to have you back on the show after a 30-episode break. Great to be here. Well, this is intense. So you guys have one song left. You're up by one point. So you have to nail it, and you win the prize packs. And if you get one, you tie. And if you get two... Kyle, Jared and Joseph won. This is crazy, man. <laughs> um Okay. I'm going to play this song. Let
3: us hear someone else sing. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the point. Who's got I some need ideas. to know who else was in the band? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, so ninety to ninety-five. You know, it's a you know that's a Vince era.
1: Vince was there. He was singing. Yep. I um, mean, his
2: voice doesn't sound as bad as it would be. I think later on
1: it it also doesn't sound like Bruce is there either so it also makes me think it's pushing further than 91 I was gonna say 92 I yeah I I I was thinking 92 as well
3: because yeah I, I agree it didn't sound like Bruce was there but I don't know I don't I couldn't tell if I was hearing two pianos a piano and a synth or not
1: I thought the overall presence of keyboard type instruments were actually pretty low in it for the most part. It was just kind of like some quiet organ sort of like thing in the background, kind of like his, you know, fake Hammond sound that he used. And I didn't yeah. hear, like, I, I would, I think I would hear Bruce maybe singing that chorus. They're all singing, singing it together, even Phil's in there singing it with them. Yeah. Um, But it also doesn't have that Jerry like straight up like acoustic sort of tone he got starting in like 93 where it like his electric guitar almost sounds like this like hybrid acoustic electric sort of like crazy thing. I didn't, it was hard to tell. The the clip wasn't too long. I was actually starting to be like, I want to hone in on Jerry's tone a little more. And then the clip (laughs) ended. (laughs) Those are, those are some of my initial thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think I agree about his, um, that that guitar sound—it doesn't sound quite ninety-three on, and yeah, it does sound like a light piano, a light piano sound. So I think that would that would be the guess.
0: Caleb, what are you thinking?
3: I agree on ninety-two. Um, there's just there's so darn much writing on it, you know, our reputations are at stake. <laughs> um, no, but I. I really don't think that they played it a whole lot after 93.
1: Okay. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I want to
3: say they they only hit it like a half dozen more times after 93. Yeah. I mean, 92 sounds good.
1: Yeah. It's like, I'm not totally confident in it myself, but it's the one that it kind of makes the most sense if we put it together with this.
3: And if we do some gamesmanship, if it's 93, we gain a point and we tie. Yeah. If it's ninety two, we nail it right on the head and we win. Yep. I just don't think it's ninety four or ninety five. Yeah, and I don't think I think you guys are right. I don't think it's earlier than ninety two. Oh. So with ninety two, we at least have the chance to win, as opposed to you know being a year away. Yep. Well, game hinge.
0: <laughs> no one objects to ninety two. Okay. For the first ever team's title, that particular the weight was at Giant Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey on June 17th, 1991. So so you guys get, Bruce was there, you got six points, you tie. Ah.
4: Wow.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, What do you, what are you thinking there, Luke? Uh, I have this, the compact disc of that and I listen to it all the time and I wish (laughs) I, I knew that. That's a great show um yeah i just i couldn't hear that I, I you know to my ears i didn't hear too much piano going on i, I didn't hear bruce in there it was also a, a pretty short clip of the song so did as much investigating as i could during it
0: i didn't want you guys to hear that second verse exactly exactly what caleb wanted to hear because if you got that yeah. second verse in there it gives a lot away. show um... me who's singing
3: next <laughs> brother
0: what are you thinking riley
2: yeah, no, I mean, we were one year off, but probably, yeah, if we had heard the second verse, we would have heard, we would have heard first, and uh, yeah, it was, I think we were pretty close. Um, I don't know, I think it's uh, luck of the draw. I, don't know, I, I think we should, you know, we tied, I think we had a, a you know, a performance <laughs> that is you know, it, it's a respectful, it's a decent performance. You know, I don't
3: <laughs> very much so, very much so. Heck yeah. Well, and back to the gamesmanship. Had we guessed ninety three, yeah. we would have lost. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that was a faint Bruce there.
3: Well, that's a that's a song that just was never very different. Uh, obviously, it's the weight. You you can pretty much only do it one way, uh, or people are gonna get pissed. <laughs> uh, as they as they should, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I suppose yeah, that piano. That's what I was kind of. I was too late to the draw and really listening intently on that. On was there a synth and a piano going on? And I I suppose that there was.
0: Luke, you won like five or four games. What's your trick for distinguishing two pianos from
1: one? It's just. Usually I can hear both of them in, in and in most of the other times. That was one where uh, I was focused in on the voices and seeing if maybe it was a Bruce, or I mean, Brent era one. You know, I was just, uh, yeah, I was focused on the voices and not on the keys, but they were holding back a little bit, you know, as they should in, in that type of song. It doesn't need to be like littered with people noodling all over keys instruments. It's like a vocal bass song. <laughs> Awesome.
0: Well, you guys tie, and both teams get prize packs. Woo! You guys, uh, yeah, brilliant. Brilliant stuff um, against Formidable Competition. Five songs, a total of six years off between the five songs. It was great watching you guys collaborate and build on each other. Especially that, I think that uh, we bid you good night In a very high-pressure situation, with two songs left and one... Year to play with you needed to nail it you did and then it comes back to the weight which I figured you guys would be pretty close on um, great work everyone uh, yeah subscribe to Guest the Year on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for all the show links including our new YouTube channel you can go to net. and if you want to be contested on the show sponsor the show or make comments and ask questions email us at info at guesttheyear.net shout out to Dylan for drawing the posters thank you to both teams for coming on Really fun first uh, game ever of the team format. Thank you so much for listening at home. Thanks to the amazing tapers whose recordings made this show possible. Congratulations to both teams. And remember, it's all one song anyway. And
4: And I bid you good night. Good night. Good night. And I bid you good night. Good night. Good night.